On today's show, we talk to Laura about her eight-day Disney World trip. This is WDW, the Disney World Planning Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 177. I'm your host, Julie Elster, creator of WDW.com, the Disney World Planning website. And today I talked to Laura about her eight-day trip to Disney World. Her trip was actually longer than that, but they spent eight days in the parks. And this seems like a lot, but you'll hear how they really, they took it easy. They took it slow. Each day really kind of had a focus. Um, and and you'll hear like one day was specifically for, you know, princesses. And one day was specifically for Star Wars. And one day was a mom day. Her family's amazing. Um, and so we split this episode into two parts because part of it's because it's, you know, so long they did so much, but she really like dives into how they strategized and planned each day so that somebody was doing something special every single day of the trip and nobody felt worn out. So there's a lot to unpack here. I'm going to let Laura take it away. Hey, Laura, how are you today? I'm doing great. Well, thank you for being on the show. I'm excited to talk about your trip. You took a long trip to Disney we World. Did. What were the dates of your trip? So we left on July 24th and we did not get home until August 6th. Like oh, late, geez. Almost midnight. <laughs> okay. How many park days did you do? So that's a lot of days. We were, and we weren't just in Disney. We did do a couple other things. Um, we had eight park hopper days. Okay. Well, it looks so we the were, bulk of the time was at Disney. <laughs> Yeah, so it was definitely meant to be a Disney trip. Um, really, the reason for the longer trip is that I can't, I have some medical things that make it so I really can't be in the sun, really very limited amount. So our trip, while it was a really long Disney trip, actually was only about like two or three hours in the morning and then 6 p.m. to closing every night. So it, there was a lot of just hanging out at the pools and the hotels. Okay, so you worked in a lot of break time Yes. in your yes. trip. Where are you guys coming from? So we are from Maryland and we drove. So we did a, made it a little road trip. Um, so about a 12, 13 hour drive to get down there. Um, and yeah. And who's, who's on this trip with you? So it is my husband, me, and then our three kids. And so we have a 16 year old, a 14 year old and a nine year old. So this is definitely our older kid trip. We have been to Disney before. I think last time, the last real trip was 2018 when everyone was littler and we were thinking about strollers. So this was kind of our first just, hey, let's go and hang out and have fun and adventure around a bit. I don't get as many people bringing teenagers or, or talking to me about bringing teenagers. So I'm excited to hear about, you know, what the teenagers were interested in versus and because you've gone every few years, you know, where their have their interests changed over the years. So that'll be fun to touch on when we get to the parks. Definitely. It was definitely a different trip. I had to remind myself a lot to not try to recreate. Like really, we have like moments and things that are really special to me from previous trips. And I had to remind myself like, this is not this trip um, and not get hung up in that. And then in, in, in letting go a little bit of that, we made some really cool, like big kid memory, you know, some memories that they'll even have that I wasn't involved in because the girls actually went off on their own for a little bit, which is pretty cool. I love that. I'm definitely guilty of trying to recreate stuff. I desperately want my children to be babies still. So <laughs> I'm so guilty of that. Okay. So you said you've gone every few years. Um, do you guys have a resort that you typically stay at? Where were you staying this time? Where do you typically stay? 
I thought it was great. I don't know that my husband packing the car thought it was as great, but we did a lot of split stays. We actually stayed at four different Disney resorts for this wow. trip. Wow. Um, because I knew we'd be doing a lot of trip, like hotel time, I was like, let's take advantage of that. So previously, we have always done Pop Century um, when when my kids were really little because they can only fit four. And so as a family of five, we outgrew five as after my son was you know, older than three or whatever the age is. And so we actually have a camper. So we've done the campground, which is awesome. So I would say we are normally pop century campground people. I think the campground is like a hidden gem that everyone should check out. It's such a great place. But because we weren't a hundred percent certain that my husband could stay the whole time, because it was a long trip. I'm a teacher, so I'm off, but we didn't know about his work schedule. We went with a hotel trip because if he had to fly back, I can't pull the camper back. Okay. Okay. So for practical reasons, practical reasons, you decided to do resorts instead of the camper. Okay. So then, um, we had multiple different versions of trips planned. I had everything from adjoining rooms to pop century to French quarter, trying different things. It's hard with five, um, and really trying to get enough space. And when those deals came out, we couldn't say no. And we actually tried four different deluxe resorts, which is so out of our typical, you know, what we would typically plan, but it was, it was really awesome. And I'm, I'm glad that we were able to kind of take advantage of some of those like 30% discounts. And um, we got it when the dining, you know, there's the dining credit at one point. And because it was split stays, we were able to kind of take advantage of different promotions for different parts of the trip, which was kind of cool. Do you happen to know off the top of your head, like which promotions you were able to use? I'm curious how like the breakdown went here. So the primary part of the trip was six nights at the beach club. And so we booked that with the dining promo because that got us, I believe it was like 150 a night of dining credit. Um, so over 750 or something like that dollars worth of credit. So how does the, the dining credit work? So the dining credit was when you, for every night you book and it was different amounts, depending what type of hotel you booked, you got a credit and it essentially just came as a gift card. As soon as we checked in, we got a little scannable code. I could put the code into mobile dining. I could use it at the restaurant. So it was pretty much just a gift card. You could use it quick service. We bought our resort mugs with it. Pretty much anything that was food-ish, it worked for. So like we found even if you were adding things from the quick service stores at the hotel, it worked. It didn't work at like the actual gift shop or anything like that. But anything food-ish, it covered. Um, so that was pretty awesome because food and wine was going on. So I felt, I didn't feel like I was spending all that money. I was just like, oh, just this magic money that I forgot about. And then we did our first night at the Polynesian, just one night. I've always wanted to try there. Um, and we got that at a 30% discount. So that was when they they rolled out later summer discounts that were 30% off just the room only. So those, the beach club was our kind of package that included the hotel t- or the tickets for the park. And then we added the Polynesian at the beginning, and that was 30% off. We added the contemporary, which ended up being 35% off. And I'm not sure why, because it said it was 25 to 30, but it was 35% off for two nights. We won't question it. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, okay. And then the last night at the Riviera, and that was really just for proximity because we knew we were doing Topolinos. In fact, all of these were for proximity. What I kind of tried to do was like, all right, our first arrival day. We know we're not going to go to park. Let's go to the Polynesian because I've always wanted to check out that resort and I didn't want to spend the money to not be at the resort. Beach club, we're going to do all our Epcot Hollywood studios for the most part. Definitely go to the other parks as well, but like that would be our primary piece. Contemporary, we'll do like our full Magic Kingdom at that point. And then ending at Riviera, which was 
kind of our exit day departure. We were going to do Topolino's and we did um, Hollywood Studios to see Fantasmic. So we kind of tried to think about where am I going to be and connect that to, you know, how easy is the transportation from that hotel? To your itinerary. Okay. This is some really, some thorough, some deep planning stuff here because you are combining resorts. You're combining different discounts when you're booking these resorts because you're booking everything separately um, to, to take advantage of different discounts. Then you are creating your itinerary based on where you're going to be staying each night. This is, I love it. This, this is like the dorky planning that I live for. <laughs> me too. Like, give me a spreadsheet. Yeah. <laughs> give me, like, I, I do truly believe it's not for everybody. I know that. But for me, half of the excitement, if not more, is the actual planning, is the looking that up. What's the transportation here? I like to be the person that my family just goes like, follow mom. And the fact that my teenagers still have some, because in a lot of ways, they don't think that I know a lot. But when it came to this, they were like, okay, hear follow her. She <laughs> knows where she's going. And I, I loved that. Uh, that. You know, that's why I started doing this is because I'm the exact same way. Like I was always, you know, I'd like making the plans and then kind of tinkering with it a little bit, yep. fiddling. And my husband would be like, stop fiddling. It's fine. I'm like, no, no, no. I think yeah, I'm going to get it. I can improve on this. <laughs> I have to fiddle a little more. There's a feeling I would get when I knew I got the, I was like, okay, that's it. That's how we're going to spend that's that. That's the one. I, I enjoy that. And honestly, when we do other trips, you know, like the lake house or something like that, I enjoy the trip, but it is not, it does not bring me the same kind of joy that Disney planning. So what kinds of rooms are you staying? Are you staying in the villas at these deluxe resorts since there are five of you? So we stayed primarily in the, it's two Queens and a pull-out bed. So not the villas. Um, the, the, the Riviera is a suite. So that was kind of, it was like a mini suite, but my kids are still pretty good there because we're used to camping and stuff. They're used to tight quarters. So that, it, it, that did not cause a problem for us. It actually overall worked really well. Honestly, the biggest, hardest thing that we'd have to think about in the future is just the bathrooms. Um, not having two, the Riviera has two showers. And on our last night, we're like, had we had this, our life would have been so much easier because it's really hard. You come home because we were doing late nights every night. Um, everybody needs to shower and you're like, okay, well, we're all going to be up for another 50 minutes. Two adults, two teenagers and a preteen. That's a lot of stinky people when you're in Orlando. Yes. Like it's <laughs> So everything else was fine because we, you know, the kids were old enough to walk around, explore the hotel, but you felt it at night. Um, I think if I were, I don't want to say I would do anything different. I think I really loved everything we did. But the next time we'd consider like, are we at a point where we need two adjoining rooms at, you know, at a pop or something and do something like that, or look at one of the suites that maybe has that additional bedroom. Um, I had thought ahead enough to make, I had my daughters bring like a little makeup mirror and set all that up because we sort of learned that they can take a very long time to get ready. <laughs> we, we actually had a very mini Disney trip in April. Um, my daughter was in a marching band competition at Universal and we did one day at like we did an after hours thing at Disney and we learned in that trip that, okay, we need to have a game plan for this because they are going to, they wanted to Disney bound the whole time. They had a whole, all these visions. They Disney bounded twice, two different outfits a day. They had visions and plans. But those visions take time to put together and they require do. mirrors and makeup. <laughs> they do. So we, we kind of made all of that work by just pre-planning some of that. I spent a lot of time kind of reading you know, Reddit threads or Facebook things and just trying to 
glean from not the like tips and tricks of which ride, but like the tips and tricks of, okay, what's the real stuff? If I, if I remember to bring this mirror, or if I set up, you know, I bring an extra laundry hamper, like little tricks that really did make a huge difference in a tight space for five people. Definitely. So like laundry, pop-up laundry hampers, if you're driving, or even if you're packing and applying and you can fold it, was a lifesaver. It, it helped us keep the room clean. We could, you know, everybody had one, They not even just for dirty clothes, but like put all your stuff in there so that it just never felt like stuff was overflowing everywhere. Yeah. I've actually started doing that recently too, bringing like a small, I just bring like a cloth hamper that, or like, mm-hmm. you know, that I can fold up, but for the same reason and not so much for myself, but for my teenagers, because <laughs> yeah. they'll just toss stuff on the floor. So I'm like, here's a dedicated space. You don't have to fold anything, <laughs> just throw yep. it in here. And it makes um, a world of difference. But I'm with you. It's like, it's the little, the little things that you catch when listening to trip reports or reading Reddit threads, um, like those tiny little tips. Like, so I, you know, I'm curious and this makes me think because, because somebody had, had mentioned, I, it was probably somebody on the show that when they were doing a split stay, they're like, well, I had one smaller suitcase packed for night one. So I wouldn't have to touch my other suitcases, which is what I, and I was like, that's so smart. And I never thought to do that. And so I did that recently when we went on a cruise. So it's like the night before the cruise, I didn't have to touch my big suitcase. Is that what you guys did with all these split stays? That's exactly. I, I think I probably heard it on your show. That's exactly what it did. I gave everybody directions for the four different bags, really one main bag. And then, okay, you need to have a bag we can bring into the Polynesian and that needs to have a bathing suit. And, you know, I just gave them a list and let them build their own. It's going to have your first park day. Um, and it was worth the complete micromanagement to make sure that it was easier to get in and out. I'm going to be honest, towards the end, it was like, just shove that in a bag. Let's go. Um, you know, it, we lost some of our mojo, but it definitely helped us at the beginning of the trip. When you add you know, when you have a car, it, it's a little dangerous because you're like, oh, we could fit this in the car. So all of a sudden you're buying like a giant pillow that you didn't know you needed, but you totally did when you were standing in that Disney store. Um, <laughs> and all of a sudden your car is just filled. But it really did help at the beginning. Like we walked into the Polynesian with our bag that we needed for that one night and the next morning versus, you know, bringing all of the stuff from the beach club. Uh, trying hard to make that logistically happen. I will tell you, my husband's the hero in that story. I he he had a whole Tetris thing. He he knew the system. He was really good at kind of letting me give directions and him making them happen. So that was that was it was <laughs> you good guys to have are him. A team, I love it. <laughs> yeah, it, you will definitely sense there's a team theme. He he, there was a lot of times where he did one thing with, with one kid and we kind of broke up and divided and conquered and I gave him directions and he had a map and he was ready to go. Couples goals. All right. Yeah. Why yeah. don't we jump into your first day at, at, uh, does your, your arrival day, I should say, I don't know if you're doing any parks on this first day. So since you're driving, are you driving overnight? Are you just, are you arriving in the evening? What's, what's the driving schedule? When are you arriving? So due to some things that were happening, we couldn't leave till like midday. So we kind of drove through the night. We um, got in at like 2 or 3 a.m. And we actually just stayed. I, we booked a hotel in the Disney area on the way. We weren't even sure if we'd make it all the way to Disney. So we stayed at the, the Buena Vista, like the Spring Hill Suites, which is like kind of kind of close, but um, definitely an off-site feel. It actually reminded me why I think the bubble is so nice because you're kind of at a hotel, but to drive to the park because the next morning we drove to the Polynesian. Um, you're like passing the Walgreens, you know, you're passing all of these stores and it's, it's like, so oh, not magical. Yeah. In that I'm, area. Not, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not on vacation yet, but it was great. I mean, it did the job. We, we got sleep. Um, we headed over to the Polynesian in the morning. 
And they actually had us ready to check in at 10 at 10.30 a.m., which was awesome. We weren't anticipating that. Um, so we really got to take advantage of the resort for the whole day. We did nothing but hang out at the Polynesian. We ate Dole Whips. We hang out at the pool. We watched the fireworks from the beach. That hotel was by far my favorite. Um, I understand why people just go back there. It, I don't know that I could make it swing for a whole vacation, especially at their kind of normal prices. But we ended up... Um, just really loving it. It was just a great, it felt like a little beach trip. It, we just really enjoyed and hung out. And I actually, one of the things you'll hear as a theme is that I tried to look for ways to kind of support some of the local community down there. So I had found this Facebook page called Ear for Each Other. I'm familiar. It started with um, like pandemic with cast members who were furloughed or laid off. Um, and it was them, you know, sharing their, their talents, you know, people who, who did princess makeovers or whatever would you could yeah. book and they come to your, your resort room and do stuff like that or make or deliver cookies or, or whatever well, it might be. That, yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. We, I'm familiar. It's great. It. It, it was really cool. We actually, so that first night at the Polynesian, because my husband drove the entire ride. I did not drive once. I would have, it wasn't that I refused. He just, <laughs> he's, he likes to drive, but I booked him an in-room massage. I actually found someone on there. He used to work at one of the um, spas and he came came to the room, brought his table, set it up and gave him what my husband said was like the best deep tissue massage he's ever had. Um, it, he had nothing but amazing things to say about that. So I don't know if you want me to, and I can share links and everything, yeah, definitely. but um, his name was Daniel Mercer and he works with Launch Massage. I think it's his own company. I think it's just him. Um, and he just literally comes, he did a 90 minute massage. It was $160, but his prices start at 115. Um, which from Mar I don't know in Florida, but in Maryland, that's cheaper than going to, you know, a, a spa here. We're we're pretty pricey up in that northeastern kind of um cost of living. So we thought, you know, he that seems really reasonable to come. And I kept the kids out at the pool and he just got to start his vacation, kind of freeing himself from that really long through the night drive. You know, everybody always tells, they're like, oh, today was just a relaxing, just a, just a chill day. And it never is. This is, I think, this is a, a legit chill day. It's it, pools, massage, hanging out in Polynesian. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, it sounds watching wonderful. Watching the fireworks from the beach was so cool. You know, that that view just right over the castle and kind of welcomed us. And we, we are we are definitely, my teenagers are the girl. I have two girls and a boy. The girls are still really into Disney as a, like, like my daughter actually wants to do the college program. Um, just they're really into it. So like, that was sort of like, I saw tears in there. Like that was just a really emotional kind of welcome to our trip. Yeah. What a wonderful start. This is a great way to start. And the Polynesian is such a great choice, I think, to, to get that, the vibe for the beginning of your trip. But this was just one night, right? At the Polynesian, yep. it was just tonight. So it was just that night. Yeah. What's the plan for the next morning then? So because we have this change in hotel, what we did is we chose to just um, put all our stuff in the car and get going to the parks. And the plan was we'd come back to the Polynesian, get our car and move kind of our midday because again, we're doing that morning, afternoon, you know, evening split. So we knew we'd have kind of time in between and we weren't really sure when our beach club room was going to be ready, but we knew we could still hang out at the Polynesian. So we kind of left that sort of open. 
So we headed to Animal Kingdom. Um, and the reason for that is that's just that like random park as far as location, right? So we're like, okay, <laughs> this is a day where we're already in transition. Let's let's take the bus over there. We went back and forth with driving. I'm really glad we just, we didn't. We, we either took buses, you know, Skyliner, Monorail or Ubers um, this, trans- this trip because it just, we just really wanted to kind of stay in the bubble as much as possible. So we got over to Animal Kingdom. Um, the plan and, and, you know, again, not, I won't go into the specifics of everything, but generally what I did was let's, if we're going to rope drop and I'm going to say rope drop real loosely, we actually never made it for rope drop. Um, but early, like early park, we're going to go to where like the second tier rides. So we're going to not do flight of passage at animal kingdom, but we're going to go to expedition Everest and start over there and sort of loop around. Um, so we, we kind of got there, ran over to Everest. We were able to ride it twice with no weight. We were able to get on Cali River, which opens a little bit later, like it was just opening. We were able to get on that. Um, I did end up getting, so we went back and forth on Genie Plus. We had thought we were going to do Standby Skipper. It was actually down during the time that we were there. There was some kind of, I think there was an update to the app because even the dining reservation, like the, the apps that normally send you reminders weren't sending them. So I think something had happened with like bots I had read, not being able to check things for a little bit. So we weren't able to do that. And I actually learned that whole long story of medical stuff, but that I would qualify for the DAS pass. Um, and I wasn't really sure about that, but I went and talked to somebody and I did. So we kind of had that as a, a sort of backup plan. Our goal really wasn't rides. So I really was kind of okay with just sort of going where we go. So we, we kind of did a mix of using the DAS pass. So for example, we use that for the safari that day. And then also looking into Genie Plus, but really only using it for the individual lightning lanes. So the rides where you have to pay, you know, like Guardians, we did pay for Guardians, we did pay for Tron, because I learned I am terrible at the virtual queue. I don't know how people keep track of that. <laughs> I I tried it at seven o'clock. I had alarms. It, it was not for me. I think I'm just not quick or savvy. I'm sure my kids probably could have gotten it. it. For me, it was worth it to just kind of put some money into the individual lightning lanes and not, you know, have a specific time. Yeah, no, I, I 100% get that. As much as I hate having to spend the money, I've definitely yeah. done it for the same reason where I'm like, I mean, I'm just too tired or I don't get up in time. And it does add up with five. Like there were a couple of times where I was like, I'm just, I'm mad to hit this button because I've already, you know, but, but it was, it ended up being worth it. I don't regret it. It saves time. And honestly, it, it reduced my stress because I knew, okay, we just, if we head over there at this time, we'll be able to get on really quickly. But one thing I, you know, I, I think you actually, even were talking about this in our last podcast, there's this whole thing about like, is it dead in the summer? Is it not dead in the summer? What's the deal? Our experience was that it, I think it was very similar to what I, our exact time, we went this exact same time in 2018. It was a very similar trip, which I think they considered a pretty low time then. Um, There were not crazy weights. There were times that things went down and then like some rides just went crazy. Um, That's one of the things we really did notice. There were some times where rides went down and then like, you can tell all those people with lightning lanes are like going over to another ride and you know, you can really feel these just insane, uh, you know, pop-up of time, but overall everything was okay. Like if you were waiting, it was, most things were 20 to 30 minutes. Um, even if they posted a lot longer, there were times where it felt busy. Like, you know, you're, you're walking around and you're like, oh my gosh, there's so many people, but overall it didn't feel crazy. It felt like a normal, what, when I think of a Disney trip, not what I've seen, you know, I know it, I think it got really, really crazy last year and the year before. 
it wasn't like that, but I wouldn't call it, you know, I think it would be a, it would be a reach to say that it was dead. Yeah, it's well, anybody who's saying it's either dead or it's chaotic has an agenda. Yes, <laughs> that's, definitely. That's so, it's so bizarre to me, both sides of it, what you know, these agendas are, but it's like, you know, it's just kind of somewhere in, in the middle. Yes, it's slower than it, it was the last couple of years. But uh, to say it's dead is quite the stretch. <laughs> yeah, that it, it was definitely not that. But, you know, 20 to 30 minute waits, I think is is pretty good. And that's, it turns out, that's some of our, our favorite times with our family, you know, is standing in those 30 minute lines and your teenagers will actually speak to you and, yes. <laughs> you know, no, have that, a conversation that is, with you. That is definitely true. Like there is some, one of my takeaways was that some of my best memories weren't the ride or weren't, it was just kind of those little off the moments, beat moments yeah. where we're hanging out. So, you know, we did, we, I guess when, when I was kind of making our touring plan, I tried to really be conscious of the fact that it's going to be hot and let's not walk all the way back and forth around. Like I'd rather miss rides than travel from, you know, one side to the other side, especially in animal kingdom. Cause that, you know, it's, it, it could be a lot of walking. So we sort of went, Expedition Everest looped around, did the safari, and we did end at Flight of Passage and Pandora. And that is where the the DAS Pass was great because it does work on rides like Flight of Passage. So that did save, you know, some time. You had said that you weren't sure if you would qualify and there was some back and forth. Did you end up getting DAS before you left for the trip or did you get it on property? I got it before. Um, I did go online that was another one of the things that, you know, you read these things that make you think everything is so hard and scary and you're going to be waiting. And, um, and I just hit it on the app and 20 minutes later, I was talking to someone. Um, the reason why I wasn't really sure is that it's, it's kind of confusing what you essentially just really describe what would make it hard to keep in line. And for me, it really has more to do with if a line is not inside, there's a lot of um, UV rate, like I have lupus and there's just a lot of things that go along with that. And some other things that unfortunately kind of have come up since then that just would have made it really difficult. But at the same point, I kind of knew we were having a flexible trip. So I was sort of okay with standing back. Um, but when a friend of mine was like, you know, just call, give them a situation, they'll tell you like, if, it, if it's not, they say no, it, it was a very kind of easy conversation. And you know, I think if you just kind of explain things, uh, you know, honestly, to what your experience is, and sort of let them decide, because I think there is a level of at least for me, like, what am I deserving? For for lack of a better word, like, who is this for? Like, who is it actually for? And making sure that you're not taking advantage of something, um, because you know, I'm I'm thinking back to the day when it used to really be like a like a mobility pass, like back when when I think about planning, like that's what its intent was, um, and and now having a kind of an understanding of how it works, and then you know trying to just make sure that if I'm using it, like I was just really trying to think about like, is this helping? Am I using this? And is it helping what I know that, you know, my medical needs are? And if I don't need that, not using it. And and just that was my sort of way of kind of, help, it helped us definitely do some things that I think I would have had to sit out. Um, and it definitely was, was an easy process. And I think Disney does a nice job of, you know, asking good questions that hopefully, you know, if you give you know, honest answers to your experience that they'll give you, they'll give you kind of what's the, what is the situation and who, you know, is this something that you need? And I I just thought they did a really nice job kind of not making it an uncomfortable situation. I'm glad to hear that. That makes me happy to hear that that's your experience and your take on it. It definitely was a nice thing to have. And it's especially during those, like, as the sun came up and they, for me, the UV rays, and then 
some other, you know, helping some other medical things that I'm dealing with. Um, it was definitely a an easy process and it was it was nice to have at certain times. Okay, so after Pandora, then you guys are taking a break from Animal Kingdom. Is Beach Club ready at this point? Beach Club is not ready. No. Um, and this is going to sound like this is a level of crazy, but I was <laughs> I'm like, here for I, it. I'm here for I it. really so there there were things that I wanted to do that no one else really wanted to do, and I was trying to like figure out how to do that. And so what, for example, I wanted to go to the Grand Floridian to see the lobby, which actually, by the way, was super disappointing because it's like a huge refurb happening right now. And the whole thing was like closed off. Um, and it wasn't what I thought it was going to be, but I was like, we're going back to the Polynesian. Maybe I'll just take the monorail over there and my husband can take the kids and they can hang for a little bit. And then when the beach club ready room is ready, they can go. Um, and they were all on board with getting all of the stuff over to the beach club while I went over there. So that was kind of awesome. I got to take the monorail over and explore while they sort of just hung out, um, at the, at the resort. And then when they got that room ready, which is, I think it was, it was a little early, maybe two o'clock they headed over. Um, and I, I magically was able to go to the grand Floridian and take a Uber over to beach club and all my stuff was already magically in the room. (laughs) Wonderful. It's the, also the 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 joy of having kids who are a little bit older. It's not like he was dealing with toddlers and luggage. Like you know, it's Absolutely. if teen, you know, a teenager is like, don't walk away with your arms swinging. You know, grab a bag. Yep. Let's help out. So and he they, had helping hands. He did, and they actually, all, everyone in my family. The one thing I I felt really appreciated this trip. I I feel like they saw how much work I put into it, and they looked for ways to make a little Disney magic for me, oh which was really awesome. Um, I actually got to do a little solo trip one night and stuff. Like it was really, I, I felt wow. really appreciated, which is not always the case when you're with your family <laughs> on a vacation. Um, uh, tell me so about it. Yeah, <laughs> it was everybody. I mean, even our, the, the little guy, he was, everybody was like, all right, mom wants to do this. How can we make it happen? And, and trying to plan little things for me, which was really awesome and really nice. Your kids sound amazing. You know, this, this trip was really a great family bonding trip. And I think I would say to anyone planning a family trip with kids this age is just being really flexible and not trying to, at least for my family, not trying to go every day, all day hard because they were tired and they, I had things I wanted to do and I just scrapped it because I could tell, okay, this is not going to be fun. We could go do this, but it won't be fun. And really just trying to kind of watch them and listen and, hey, if they need to sleep in, we'll just have some coffee on a balcony and that will be okay too. That's that's like my number one piece of advice to people is like, don't put, you're not going to be able to do everything. So don't try, don't yeah. try, don't push it because you'll be miserable. Just, you know, do what you can do and and pick the the things that are important to you and focus on that. We all went through that ahead of time. Like, what are the things that if we leave and we haven't done, we're going to be super bummed. And that just sort of led the trip. So like I knew Everest was going to be a big one. So I made sure that was one of the first things so that I knew that everyone got that experience. And if it didn't happen when we went back, then it was okay. And actually, it's a good thing we did it because we did go back to Animal Kingdom and it was one of the rides that was closed. So trying the first four days we're at the park trying to get all those like must do's but making sure the must do list is not too long. Cause I think that's the tricky part too. Like if your must do list is 60 things, then, then it's not gonna all happen. Okay. So what's, 
it, you head back to Beach Club. Your, yep. your room is miraculously unpacked for you. It's like amazing. magical fairies came in and unpacked Magic. your belongings yep. while you were at Grand Floridian. What is your evening looking like then? So we were just going to do a, the plan was to end up at Magic Kingdom. It was an extended hours night, um, but we went through Epcot to do there because we had park hoppers and it was after two. We knew we could kind of walk through. The weather was actually pretty nice that day, so it wasn't crazy hot. Um, so we were like, okay, let's do that. And I had been looking, looking, looking for Space 220 Lounge reservations, which I knew was going to be pretty impossible with a family of five. But I was also hopeful because I noticed that things were dropping um, that more, that day. So I ended up being able to get a three-person Space 220 at 635. And then another one that was like 45 minutes later for two people. And so that was just from refreshing. That I got one the day before and one that day. The idea was if it didn't work out, we would cancel, you know, if we couldn't get everybody in there. And we went down there. Our times were not at the same time. <laughs> I, I knew that that would happen. I was like, okay, well, because I I'd heard that they only really have four tops there um, at the lounge. So we were planning on like, okay, some one group will go this point, one group will go 45 minutes later. I wanted the kids to experience it. I thought it, you know, it looked really cool. What we learned when we checked in is that they have one overflow table that fits five and this awesome guy just we didn't ask for it we didn't even mention we were trying to be together he just you know all five of us had gone to check in and he got us up there literally 10 minutes later and we were at a table in the lounge so it was kind of like off to the side wow that's some amazing I didn't realize there was a five top in the lounge there is one kind of booth table like all the way like if you're walking into the restaurant like all the way over to the right and he said it's an overflow table they use it sometimes as part of the restaurant, sometimes as part of the lounge. And we magically ended wow. up there and it was, it was pretty cool. That's um, great. Just some amazing luck. Lo- yeah. It was just that little bit of like magic pixie dust. I don't know if somebody had canceled or, you know, a dining, maybe they were using this. I have no idea. We just said, thank you. Um, it was a very cool experience. I'm glad we did the lounge, not the restaurant, you know, just price wise. It, it, I can see why there's like some divisiveness about it because it can be really pricey at the right. Re- you know, they give you both menus to look at um, or digitally because everything is like on your phone now, which is also weird to me. That's so weird. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it was definitely a fun experience. It would be for us, for our family, it would be a one and done. Glad we did it. Um, but it wouldn't be something that we would go back to. Not because it was bad. It was just like a lot of work to get there. I mean, finding the reservation. That and- seems like the general feel from and my own opinion as well like I feel exactly the same way I'm like well I did it like that's I don't need to do it again anytime soon you know it's very cool but it's also very expensive it's a lot of work trying to find the reservations glad we did it but had we not now like if somebody's listening to this going like I can't get it I, I think there's other amazing opportunities and things yeah don't have FOMO over it there's so many other great places, especially in Epcot. Absolutely. And like food, we knew food and wine was starting the next day. So we were like, if it doesn't work out, we know we'll get, you know, some good, good eats. <laughs> okay. So are you doing anything else in, in Epcot other than dining? So we did Guardians, which was first, we had never done it before. So we bought an individual lightning lane in the morning, right around, uh, right before that time. So actually prior to going to Space 220, we did Guardians. We got um, Disco Inferno for our first song. And it was awesome. It was such a great ride. It was so fun. Everybody loved it. 
I am super motion sickness normally, and I was prepared for it to be not good. Um, I did not have any problems. I did use ginger chew, like ginger candy. I was sucking on that while I was going on. Um, but I actually get more sick on star tours, like by far significantly more sick on star tours than I did on. I didn't have any symptoms from this. So that was, yeah, those 3d screens will do it. And this one isn't 3d screens, but it's, um, I don't, I don't want to say spinning. It's not really spit, but you know, your car is, you're in a roller coaster, but the car itself is also moving, moving left and right as you're moving forward. It, it definitely, so. I heard some advice to like look forward and I, I did do that. And I imagine I can see how if you're trying to like peripherally see everything that might kind of dis- disorient you a little bit, but I was happy that it was, you know, everybody was fine. And it was definitely a favorite. It was, it, it like so much fun, so much fun that we paid to go again later in the trip because we yeah. were like, okay. we're here. How do we not do this? So that was it. Epcot, we just did that, walked out the front, took the monorail over to the park. We got to the park at like 830 and I was prepared for insane parade people or I'm sorry, uh, firework people on the streets. I'm not going to be able to get through. And that was not our experience. Um, it, there were people definitely ready for fireworks on main street, but it was very easy to walk in. Um, we walked in, we got over to Tomorrowland cause we were not going to watch the fireworks this night. And, um, we had gotten a Tron. We were like, like I said, we were trying to get like those big, let's see, kind of get it all done for lack of a better word so that we could kind of have a little more flexibility on the second part of the trip. And I knew everyone would still be fresh and excited and willing to do things. Um, so we did Tron, which was also a really fun ride. Actually, I, my husband said it was his favorite, but I agree that with a lot of the hubbub of it being short, it, it's like a quick ride. Yeah, it is. And, but still fun. And and the kids, you know, everyone really liked it. The lockers were, you know, um, a, a thing. It, I think it's, it's nice that the other rides, like when we were at Universal, um, in a previous trip, that was one thing I really didn't like, you know, how much you have to like put your stuff in and out, in and out. This wasn't terrible, but I was still like, oh, it's just one more, one more thing. I do appreciate these lockers are bigger than the free lockers at Universal. Yeah. I've found like at Universal, I, if I'm wearing like a lounge fly backpack, which they're not big, they really aren't, but you have to jam those things in there. And so if you have anything else with you, <laughs> you'll need a second locker or you'll need to like pay for one of the bigger lockers. These lockers yeah. are big. Like I'll carry my big DSLR camera lounge fly and I can get all of that in the Tron locker. That is true. It's definitely a nice, we could fit multiple people's things. And like those lounge flies, my, my children, the girls each had gotten one for Christmas knowing that we were going, that was kind of their Christmas present was this trip. Um, they, some of the, you don't want to bend those things. You don't want to shove them in anywhere. Like yeah, they're really, they, no. my daughter has one with They're wings. not cheap they're, and they've got like details. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah. You don't want to be jamming them in those lockers. Yeah. So it was, it was easy enough to get in and out. And we had, we had gotten magic band plus. So it was nice because I forgot my number and you can just scan your thing. It'll tell you where your locker is. So it was super easy. You don't have to kind of stress about any of that. Um, so we did that and then we stayed for extended evening hours and the goal really was to just check out Fantasyland. So we kind of did all the Fantasyland rides, Peter Pan, um, Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. Okay. So extended evening hours because you are at a deluxe resort on certain nights, select parks will have extended hours for deluxe guests. How were the crowds during extended hour? Were there a lot of people there? My guess 
is that a lot of people stay. The lines were not bad at all, but the park was still quite busy. So my guess is people are just kind of hanging out, taking in the the like the energy and all of the things that are happening. The atmosphere, the atmosphere yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, because it didn't feel any. It, it really. I was actually shocked because it was an 11 p.m. closing day anyway. So extended hours went till one, and we stayed until one, and there were still. I mean, it was not cleared out. We've definitely stayed. Uh, we've done like the Christmas party in years past. And when you're walking out, you're like the only, you know, you're getting these really kind of like almost empty, you know, castle shots. And it was at 1 a.m. And there, it was still a bustle of people walking around. But everybody was in a really good mood. I'm guessing part of that is with the parties, they do the wristbands. And so they usher people out. Like as you're walking through the parks, they're like wristband, yeah. wristband, wristband. And they can't really, you know, do that with, the the deluxe the extended evening hours i think it's like unless you're on when you're on a ride they have one person in your party they scan yours to kind of make sure that you're in um in right. there and i did learn for anyone who is using gas pass that that does work you know we really didn't feel we needed it but i did learn talking to somebody that if you if you were still using the data if you're using the das pass it does work during extended hours even though the park is closed it, it says on the app it doesn't but it it stays open and it offers times till through closing. Oh, interesting. Okay, that's good to know. Um, okay, so how many rides do you think you were able to accomplish in those couple of hours? So it's you know two hours. So maybe starting at ten forty five. So a little bit before it actually began, we did Big Thunder Mountain, Haunted Mansion, Peter Pan, Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, which we did use the da- that was like kind of earlier. We had used a DAS pass. We did. Um, a lot of just like kind of perusing around the castle area and then ended with Bing Thunder Mountain again twice. Okay. So a good, a good number of rides. Definitely. You, and we could have gone and done even more. Like if you were looking to kind of go, if you were pushing yes, it. Yeah. Um, that was not kind of our goal. Our goal was really to just kind of try to stop and enjoy Like we, I was thinking, Oh, we'll get the pictures with the Rapunzel lantern, but that line was really crazy. That line's always longer than anything. So we did end up getting it one night during fireworks later in the trip. But um, I was like, we're not going to leave that. That's crazy. Um, my daughter's a big Rapunzel yeah. fan. So I knew I wanted to try to make that happen, but not for an hour wait. Right. Right. I think the the Magic Kingdom extended hours is is worth it. And part of it is just the footprint of Magic Kingdom. Just because rides are so close to each other, it's so much easier to just walk from ride to ride than say extended hours at Epcot where you are like trekking 100%. back and forth to get to something. We did do it at Epcot as well. We actually ended up doing Magic Kingdom twice because of the way our trip worked out and Epcot once. And I would agree Epcot was um, not, I don't know that it, it provided any benefit for us because they closed the, the showcase down, the food is closed and you really yeah. have to walk and everybody was just tired. So that was kind of a day where we just sort of headed back to the hotel early because we just, yeah. we, did, we didn't find the value for us, for our family. Okay. Let's, can we move into your next, your next day then? So this is uh day three, your second park day. So where you hit three parks on your first day, yes. you had a busy we day. Never and... do that again. <laughs> Not in a bad way. Honestly, I think we could have even done a four park challenge that day had we wanted to. Um, and I was glad that was our first day, but like everybody was done. I mean, you did do the headliners at the three parks that you yes. did. So if you could have made it to Hollywood studios and, you know, we hit, did talk about rise, it and then maybe, we were I like, don't know. <laughs> it was, it was like one of those, is it worth it just to say that we did? Okay. It's not. 
You're like, it no. is not no. Yeah. Um, and honestly, if they let you in before 2 p.m., it probably would be a lot easier. I think it's that 2 p.m. restriction oh, yeah. that makes it, that harder. Yep, it sure does. <laughs> All right. So in this day, then we're not doing three parks, but what what park are we starting at in the morning? So we definitely slept in because we got in late, um, went over to Epcot around 1030 with the idea of just checking out food and wine. So because we were at Beach Club, we came in through the International Gateway, which was awesome for that purpose. And we just decided to go for like an hour and a half. We went in and we got maybe about halfway around the circle. So we kind of went from France over to Italy and just stopped at the different booths and tried some different snacks. Uh, My daughter does have, my oldest daughter has a tree nut allergy. So that was a little bit more of a challenge at the food and wine than it was at any, the restaurants are so easy, right? They just bring you the menu, but a little bit harder. People were um, definitely a little bit more hesitant to say with confidence what was, you know, safe and what wasn't. So she ended up just kind of having a a bunch of Brazilian bread. Like she had so much of that cheese bread, um, (laughs) which was great. She was happy, but we stopped and we got um, a bunch of the the, grease was definitely my favorite. Like they had grilled a griddled cheese there. They had a lamb hero there. Um, We got teriyaki buns in Japan. We got the cheese bread multiple times. Like I said, my husband tried a bunch of at Japan, like the kakigori. I'm probably mispronouncing that. Just trying different little snacks and assortments. It's nice that you get these kind of little plates and you can kind of share and try things. And it was also nice because I think going earlier, it hadn't gotten busy because I heard we didn't go there in the evening, but I heard that that evening and then into the weekend, it was really kind of crazy. Especially the first, the first weekend. We did start to see some people with like videos were like, oh, you're making YouTube videos. You could yep, see yep. there was like, there was a lot of that. <laughs> yep, um, yep. But it was, we really enjoyed just kind of hanging out. We were, like I said, there for maybe 90 minutes and then we decided to go back. It It is incredible. There was like 1130, the heat just comes in. Like you can do the morning. And the evening I thought was lovely every evening, but there, there, there was just this wave that hits. And I had um, an umbrella like a UV umbrella, which I really do recommend if anybody has any sun issues was great, but it just, it was, you just couldn't, you could not stay cool, you know, after that like noonish time. So it was, we went back, we hung out at the hotel. My daughters actually went back to Epcot by themselves for a little bit, which was awesome. They loved that. I, we shared a photo album. And so I was watching their selfies, you know, throughout the park as (laughs) teenage girls do. Um, And they had such a blast like shopping and um, you know, they both have some jobs and things now, so they had some ability to do that. And it just, it definitely changes the vibe. And they learned some valuable lessons about that, which felt like was really necessary. You don't, didn't really need the next day and you kind of regretted it but in a way. I'm still that learning good. that lesson. That's, Same. that's a tough one. <laughs> my, my $40 Dole Whip candle that I just had to buy. I'm now looking at, I'm like, where am I even going to put this? Yeah. Where is this going in this house? Uh, okay, so so the the morning was just just food booths then. Yep. Just okay. No rides. Uh, they the girls did do I think um, Mission Space. They did a couple things on their own, but mostly just shopping because it the lines were a little bit longer this day. Epcot I think in general just doesn't have as many things, so some of the bigger rides just get the lines just get longer. And we brought my son back um, to the hotel because we did um, a Star Wars theme for the evening, and he actually had. Um, somebody come out and do face paint and henna. So another person that we found on the ear for each other page, Diana Monroy and Nick Lopez, they are with two for art. They're actually a mom and son and they, I, they are so talented in a way. I will have to send you photos. 
that um, this face paint, they did a Yoda face paint. So his whole face was made into Yoda. And they did this an intricate um, henna design that he had come up with, my son had come up with, which was like a Groot wearing a Mickey hat with a lightsaber saying, I am Disney. Like it was so detailed. <laughs> And they made it come alive. They were so delightful to hang out with. They, I, I cannot say enough. If you're, if anyone is interested, especially, you know, they have a lot of princess stuff for girls, but for boys, they will do any kind of face paint. Um, not that, I mean, anybody could do anything that they want to do, but they definitely have a market that's beyond just maybe that typical bounding makeover look. Um, I, he, it was so realistic that later when we go to Hollywood studios, my son got like chosen by Ray and like they brought him up and he got pictures with, che you know, like all of these characters, Chewie and all of that. And the face paint actually lasted through the next day. Oh, what? he slept on the face paint and it, it stayed. They do like actual face paint movie set type things in the area. I know that they've done some work with some of the um, Guardians of the, or I'm sorry, the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge Hotel. The, this was whatever they were using was definitely like high grade it was all safe. Like she gave me all the directions, like all safe for skin. And um, just, it wasn't that stuff that like crackles. Like it almost looked like a cream, but it set. It was amazing. I mean, he, it, it was almost perfect. How about removing it? Were there any issues washing it off? We were a little worried because it was green. His whole face was green. Um, she left the Diana left us some coconut oil, but we didn't even need it. It just washed off with, with a face soap. Wow. So he didn't shower that night the first night. So he did, you know, we just rinsed him off a little bit, but we didn't put any water on his face. But I mean, in the heat, in the sweat, it lasted through the full next day. So. That's amazing. So you'll definitely have to share pictures and, and links and I'll put those in the show notes because okay. that sounds absolutely amazing. And really, um, you know, they, they quote based on size, like henna, you know, they do all kinds of different things, but they, they come to the hotel, they do it all. And, and it was definitely cheaper than what you'd be paying in the park if you were having, you know, the face paint or the henna that they have. Um, and it was just a lovely kind of way to hang out in the hotel room. And I, we really enjoyed their company. Like they, they had a lot of Star Wars facts. And so let's move into the, the evening at Hollywood studios. Cause it sounds like it's going to be Star Wars themed here. Yes. So we had a droid build a droid. He, that was his Christmas present he got from his aunt. So he has been actively, he had drawn out plans. He knew exactly what he wanted. He'd been watching YouTube videos and listening to podcasts. He is my planner. He is definitely my son. Um, <laughs> so he was so excited. He went and built his droid. He actually built a droid backpack prior to going out of a cat carrier that um, had lights and everything. I'll send you pictures. So he was really into it. Um, and he, so he's just as little Yoda. He had his little Yoda face paint. He had a little Yoda ears, had his little droid depot backpack and he's walking around with his droid. It's, you know, he's talking to everything. We talking to all the, the uh, little droids around the park. And we really just hung out in galaxy's edge. We did not try to do any other ride. I mean, we did smugglers run and we did rise. Um, and we got Ronto wraps and we just enjoyed Galaxy's Edge. So we were there probably from 6 p.m. till 11 p.m. because we ended up getting a 9.55 p.m. Oga's reservation, which I had, you know, I heard, I think some another family had done with you where you essentially are there after park closing. So you walk out to a empty. I mean, we brought our own lightsabers from that we had gotten on Amazon and the kids literally did an, a 
Jedi battle in front of the Millennium Falcon <laughs> with not a single, I mean, there's video, it's like surreal because it's just empty. Um, and they kind of, they guide you out, like, but they, we tried to really be mindful, like, okay, we're not going to stay in the park. We're going to make sure we're not the last people, you know? So we knew people were still in Oga's can the cantina. So we're like, okay, we can hang out here for a little bit. And we're not going to be holding anybody up because you also don't want to be the person that's keeping somebody yeah, from these cast you know, members getting home. home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so we sort of just, they, they kind of like guide people. So we just tried to stay ahead of that, cr the crowd that was kind of at the end, but by crowd, it was maybe, you know, five or six families still left at the cantina. So it was really just a, a galaxy's edge evening. Um, we did walk over to watch the animated, the kind of show prior to a reservation, the little light show on the um, theater. And that was really cool. That's something we've often missed because we've been doing Fantasmic or something another day. So that was, that was kind of a fun, just a, a fun little break. And then went right back to galaxy's edge and just explored. And it's a really cool area. It's a really cool area to explore at night, especially because a, it's very hot over there. So during the day, it's pretty incredibly, my husband would say painful to be there because he <laughs> did go back several times with my son in the morning. Um, but the evening was awesome. And it, there was just the lights, everything is so cool. It's so, I, I was glad we just went there to be immersed in that. Um, and not try to kind of get on anything else. Yeah, I I like this. Definitely feels like the theme kind of of your trip is you're, uh, you know, in the first day you you did do three parks, but it really it feels like you're focusing on a thing, you know. And so the first day was like we're going to focus on these big rides we want to do, and today we're yes. focusing on first food in the morning and now Star Wars in the evening. And so you're not trying to do it all. You're just like this is what you know, one person our group is into. So right now our focus is this person and this thing that they love. And that's what we're going to do. That's exactly was the plan. Yeah, it worked. It worked really well. And and it does help having the eight days because you, if you go and do something for three hours versus nine, you don't feel like you're missing out because you know, okay, well, I really want to ride this ride. I'll come back and do that. Well, and I'm guessing this is like the highlight for your son was this, yes. was this evening. Cause this sounds amazing. And we did do it early because we knew he'd want to go back and like have his droid be there. We knowing him and knowing what 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 he likes to do, he's not somebody who would want to just do the droid once. So he would. We wanted to make sure my husband and him did a lot of exploring of Batu in the mornings when we when the girls and I were doing other things because they wanted to do the um, bounty hunting and all of those kinds of things. So he could bring his little droid and not have to walk around, you know, the whole park with it, but just kind of go and, and being at beach club, it was really easy for them to do that. You know, just hop on over there, whether it was boat, you could even walk. They did not, but you could do the boat Skyliner very easy to get to. Okay. Let's, let's move into your next day then. So we have Yoda still in his, uh, his face paint the next morning. He is absolutely He's amazing. In and so then you're going back to, to Hollywood Studios in the morning? So my so my husband and my son went back to Hollywood Studios purely again, Galaxy's Edge, try to see some characters at Launch Bay. That the characters were where the lines got long. Um, so he was only he only saw BB eight. Um, but they went over and they did some bounty hunting, which honestly was really a challenge. Like both just some of the things were hard for him, but also even just the app and technology. So I don't know that I, I know people sell that as a reason to get the magic band. Plus, uh, I'm not sure about yeah, that. I did it with my son also because I was like, so far I haven't found the value in magic band yeah. plus personally. Other people might feel differently, but like I can never get the statues to work. I only barely noticed that it lights up during fireworks. I was like, well, maybe this bounty hunter game. Cause I heard that this was like the thing. And I felt the exact same way. I was like, 
it was good. If you're like waiting for somebody who's standing in line on Rise, maybe, you know, but it's not something I would purchase a $40 band and then go make a trip specifically for. But I will say that the bands are so much easier to get in and out of the park. So one of the things we noticed is if there was a hold up on a line and there often was to get <laughs> in, someone's it was phone. somebody, somebody's <laughs> phone. And so they, you know, I think if you have, if you aren't getting the band, at least get the mat, the card, the key to the world card. Yes. 100% I'm with you. If you don't want to spend the money on the band, I'm go to the front desk of your resort and get a key to the world card. Absolutely. Cause it, the phone, and we actually one day had to use the phone because my son had left his band at the hotel and thankfully I could add it. There was nice things. It was nice. I could just add it on there, but it definitely added time. I mean, the check-in process was a lot harder just, I mean, with lining it up and then it was doing a blue cert. I don't know. It was doing all kinds of things. So highly suggest, like you said, get that key. Um, and we had seen that you can go find, or I had read that you can see the Mandalorian. He kind of comes and pops out. And so I had kind of directed my husband like, Hey, if you go to the bathrooms over by the marketplace, top of the hour, and, and he was a little bit early, but sure enough, he popped out of there and they, he got to see Grogu and he was in, so excited and he was still dressed as, you know, Yoda. And, and he's, is he still coming out top of the hour? I've, the last couple of times I've checked, it's still been pretty consistent. It was, it was about five or six minutes earlier than that. So okay. I would say, you know, head if it's really important to you head over and, and, and spend a little time over there, you can kind of go through the shops. Um, but my husband did say that they were, they were definitely stopping and letting, they, there was no line for pictures. Cause that's the galaxy's edge is a little tricky with kids. He chooses people, the Mandalorian, he, he yes. selects people to come up to him. So there's no guarantee that you will get a photo with him. hundred percent. Now he was doing a lot of pictures the day before when Ray had come over and it was like Ray and like all of the characters, I think I'm not sure her name, but all, all the characters went and, had pulled my son because I think because he was in such costume and he was so his energy was there. Um, I could t- some other parents were getting frustrated and I can understand because it's confusing, right? Like every other park, there's a line you go see your character. And so I think if you don't really understand the idea of it being like this immersive experience and therefore they don't want it to be like line up for a character, um, you d- you know, just making sure your kids know that so you can avoid some upset. That's a great tip because I've I've tried to explain that, but I think the way you put it is, is even better. It's not, it's not a character meet. It is, you're, it is immersive. He's just supposed to be somebody right. who's walking around bit too. If you want to do a specific character meet, you have to go to launch bay. Like that's, that's where yes. you're going to go and stand in line and get nice posed photos with yep. Chewbacca. You know, it's, yes. you can't, you might be able to get a photo with Chewbacca in galaxy's edge, but there's no guarantee. He may or may not stop. <laughs> Those character guards were making their money for sure at <laughs> Galaxy's Edge because they they were really, I mean, they clearly were used to it, but, you know, you have to keep the Disney magic going and be pleasant and and not everybody was giving back that same energy. So um, that was that was definitely where we saw overall everybody was like a really good mood. We didn't see any drama. You know, I, you read stories about all this stuff that's happening. We didn't see anything like that, but there was a little bit of galaxy's edge with just, I think people not understanding that that was probably the only frustration we really picked up on. And so while they were doing that, my daughters and I did end up, did one of those makeovers with bounding beauty that we had found. And I actually did it with them. And I'm almost embarrassed to say we actually did it twice. So we did it this day <laughs> and our last day. And 
that is excessive and really um, speaks to my mental state with having high school children because I, I am definitely struggling with them growing up. And I think that I attribute Prince is such a part of their childhood. Both of the girls were really into the dolls and Disney movies. They were, they were, you know, Rapunzel tangled um, Elsa frozen. All of that was their childhood, the ages that they are. And I, I do feel like I was trying really hard to connect back with that. Did they get super annoyed with you when you did that? (laughs) They did not. No, they did not. So they were actually really into it, but they wanted to do like my daughter on the first day wanted to do like um, this really kind of like avant-garde because the bounding beauty, the woman who does it does like just these like incredible looks. Right. And she wanted this like crazy sort of like fairy godmother kind of cool, like very cool. She looked cool, but mom wanted her as <laughs> right? Rapunzel because that's, so that was sort of the compromise. Um, my, they had, my sister had gotten them for Christmas. One of them, they were actually really into the idea of this makeover. Cause it, it, it the way that this woman does it is it's not, um, and I'll send pictures and the links, but it is not a, just like little kid, like they're just, they, they had the fake eyelashes. Like they loved it. It was like very much like the big it was like a, like stage makeup, which they're both into plays and things like that. So um, they were really into it. But like I said, we did end up doing it twice, which was definitely a little excessive. What did you go as then? I was Tafiti. So Moana is by far my favorite. And so I did a whole Tafiti thing with like green hair. I never would have thought to do Tafiti. That's cool. It was cool. And I really enjoyed, like, I, it was very, it was a fun experience. Like I would say to anyone, definitely little kids would love it. Um, we never got to do the Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo Boutique. I think part of that was also my thing. Like, I think I was regretting not doing that by the time I, you know, went to go plan it. One of them had phased out age-wise. Um, so this was sort of my redemption of never giving them that, which they remind me all the time that they never got that chance to go. Um, so this was just a really fun, like we all got ready together and we had Disney music in the background and, um, Courtney, the woman that does it did an amazing job. And so we were just hanging out at the hotel. I got Cinderella's Royal table, um, reservations for that night. So just, we kind of did a girl's trip. We all met up in the evening, but we did a girl's kind of magic kingdom afternoon while the boys were at Hollywood studios. And they actually went to Epcot too. They did the um, garden grill and the seed tour behind, like at the land behind the seeds. Yeah. Behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they, they really, really liked that. Like if you have any, if you have kids in your family that are into like facts and, and learning that kind of stuff, it was a really cool tour. Um, they said. So they did that. We met, we went to Cinderella's Royal Table, met the princesses. My younger daughter was Merida. Um, and we went and met Merida, who by the like those, the character interaction from those kinds of characters. And I say those kinds, like not the like, the princesses were lovely, but like the Meridas, the Moanas, those characters are amazing. So the princesses play, they play the role. So princesses, the older yep. princesses I mean, think about when those movies were made. Like, let's just take a moment and think about the way women yeah. were portrayed yep. mm-hmm. back then. That's what those princesses are. You know, Snow, I sometimes read, my daughter will still have me read little golden books. Sorry, this is like a total sidebar here. <laughs> my feminist no, sidebar. But my daughter will have me read her little golden books. She has several Disney princess ones. And I get so annoyed at some of these where it's like, 
Snow White's basically a slave and they're like, but don't worry, she never lost, you know, her yep. smile and her she's always humming a tune while Singing being to forced to, yes. to cook and clean for everyone. And it just the whole thing annoys me to no end. So those princesses play that role where they're very soft. Women are soft spoken and women yes. are very sweet yes. all the time where Merida, that's not her thing. You know, no. she's a modern day princess and she's, you know, going to talk back and be funny and and yeah, she, be she far more shouting. amusing to chat with than the old school princesses. Absolutely. <laughs> Rant over. She was delightful. Like she was screaming. She was screaming to people like, I have a sister. I have a sister. And, you know, bringing my daughter over and introdu- like introducing her to people on the outside. Just a really great character interaction. Um, and being in costume, that was super fun. You know, the photos and the video of all that. So we, we kind of all kind of got to do our own little special thing. So that was sort of our, our princess day. And then we met up and did the dessert party fireworks and we did the post party. Um, we've done them before. It, it was definitely a lot more expensive than it used to be. So I would caveat to anyone looking to, you know, just, just be aware that, you know, it's still busy in there. Like it was when we did it in the past, it was like not a lot of people and it was kind of guaranteed. It's still a guaranteed good viewing space, but it wasn't, it it was busy. Like it it didn't feel that much less busy. They really, they pack people in there. I mean, I did one recently and got into an argument with somebody because like they really, they pack people in there. Yes, it was. And there was definitely, you know, people kind of coming in at the last minute, like stealing spots in front of other people, like, like stuff that you just in your head, you're going like, I'm doing this so I can avoid that. But there's still enough people that it's, it's happening. I would still say for us, it was worth it because of trying to do that kind of low key trip. We went over there because we did the post party. We went over early and we just hung out on the grass, just kind of enjoyed, you know, everyone, because we were all dressed, the girls were all dressed up. We did like, we could get some really good photos in front of the castle that we took um, before anybody came. And then as it started to fill up, you, you definitely kind of, you felt to the people, the show was amazing. I mean, happily ever after is definitely by far our favorite show. It was the show that was, had was playing when we were there last. So it definitely has, that was one of those moments where I was like remembering them being little. And I was remembering, you know, looking over in their faces, what, what they used to be. Cause you know, the, the harder, the hardest thing with older kids is you don't get some of that same reaction. Like when they're little and they're watching the fireworks and their mouths are just open and their eyes are huge. It's, it's definitely a different thing. You have to kind of manage your expectations because they're watching it. They're enjoying it, but they're just like, yeah, fireworks. I 100% know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel you with the teenage stuff. I too, I have definitely, especially, I don't know what it is about this year. Maybe it's because my oldest is starting high school this year, but I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. It's, it's, it's tough. A, it's, it's, it's tough. tough. It is tough. Um, so we did that, went back and had the desserts. Um, which were fine. You know, that was good. Everyone, everyone liked it, but it just, it's definitely, you're not going to eat a hundred dollars worth of desserts. Ah, oh, I know that's the hardest part for me where like, I found myself drinking alcohol, even though I didn't want it. Cause I was like, well, I have to get my money's worth. And I'm like, this is stupid. Why am I doing this? Yes. But you feel like you have to. You, that is, I actually read this like economic sociologic. I don't know. There's, there's a, a term for this. It's and I'm gonna mess it up and I won't even try to say what it is because somebody who's listening is gonna be like, no, that's sunk not cost called, fallacy. Yeah, sunk cost fallacy. Yes, I know exactly yes. what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, everyone who relates to what we're talking right now should research this because you're it. 
you're like, oh my gosh, that's why I do these things. No, like, I, I knew just, as I was even, doing it, sunk cost fallacy, I knew. Yes. Yep. So <laughs> that's the, so funny. I definitely, yes, Google that. <laughs> Anyone listening right now, Google it and you'll be, if you're anything like the two of us, you'll be like, oh yes, I do it's that. Human it, especially nature. at Disney. I'm sure everybody and, does it at some point or another. It's human nature. And Disney, it's just every, you're doing it every day, right? Like it's, it's so common at Disney. Yeah. Oh, well, that's why, you know, we were talking about spending the money on individual lightning lanes. And part of it's like, I've already spent, you know, $5,000 or whatever, you know, the price tag might be for the entire trip. What's 15 more dollars? Like that's, and that's where they, they get you. It is, and it snowballs and it adds up so fast and I hate it. And it's why I really, I try not to, and I try and help people get the free ones because it's so easy to get sucked up in that. Yes. And I will say one of the things we did do this trip intentionally is we did not add um, charging to our bands because we, last time we went, it was like, we had just gotten bands for the first time. And we found that we were just a lot less intentional with how we were spending while we were there using the bands. Maybe we would have been better this time, but it was just easier. We, we wanted to physically pulling out a card. It, there's just another stop of like, what am I doing? What am I doing right now? Um, and for us, that was, that definitely helped. Um, with, you know, even like snack, we tried to, we tried to offset. We knew it was going to be an expensive, it, they, you just that the cost is the cost for some of the things, but we tried to offset with some of the little things that, you know, so that we could spend money and try the dessert party and things like that. That's kind of, you know, how we went about doing it. But so we were there, had a great time. Fireworks were beautiful as always. We were lucky so far, actually pretty much through the whole trip, there was rain every day as there is, but we avoided it because of the timing of how we did our breaks. Yeah. Often it's in the afternoon and yep. that's when you're resting. So it worked yes. out. It, it, it did. Um, the only thing that we were sort of unaware of, or, or maybe just didn't really think about is how much the rain and especially if there's lightning close by can affect transportation pools. So just kind of being aware that, you know, being flexible that even when you're at your resort, it can change things up or, you know, how you're going to get somewhere. We definitely ended up you know, not being able to do the boots a couple of times. Or the Skyliner, yeah. Skyliner. Yep. All right, I think this is a great place to stop for part one. Stay tuned for part two of Laura's eight-day Disney World family vacation. And until next time, I'll see you guys in the parks.